Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello, I'm Libby Trickett. And I'm Tegan Natoli. And this is This Glorious Mess, the mother's group in your ears where judgment is left at the door. Tegan, what have you nailed and failed in your week of parenting? Oh my gosh. Well, actually, it's not my nail, it's my kid's nail, but I went to the twins' first Christmas concert for school. Ah, Like they did all the classes. Yeah, did like a little dance. They were dressed up as Christmas kangaroos. But within the first song, like it wasn't even my kids, I was bawling my eyes out. (laughs) They were like item seven in the dance concert. But by the first one, I'm like, these jellyfish look so cute. And I'm crying. I'm crying over other people's kids. Like it was just so gorgeous. And you know what? I love they had worked for weeks, like making their costumes and they'd done little rehearsals and Every single kid got involved. There wasn't one like sitting in the corner not wanting to participate. It was just so beautiful. And even my kids, you know, came out of their shells and were so much more confident than I even expected. So it was just the cutest thing. Like, you know, when you think, oh, kids' concerts, well, how boring. But I was like, I love this. No, I cry at all of them. <laughs> I'm the same. I also cry when I pass buskers in the street. So oh, look, that's know. a lot. That's but- a- <laughs> I'm like, here, take all my money. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I love that. Tegan, what are you wanting to chat about today? So we got a listener dilemma that I really resonated with and I want to talk about mum triggers. Ooh. I got a lot of them. Me too. But don't you reckon you reflect and you're like, why does this affect me so much? So we're going to chat about mum triggers. How about you? Amazing. I want to talk about how to be a good sporting parent. Oh, well, if anyone would know Libby Trickett, I feel like it might be you. I have very strong feelings about this. Good. I will do whatever you tell me to do. Now, Tegan, <laughs> you may remember that I was an Olympic <laughs> athlete. What? Who? You? Four-time Olympic gold medalist, Libby Trickett. Stop <laughs> it. I just did not know about <laughs> I did not know that about you. Oh, what? sorry. That's my way <sighs> coming out. I spent a lot of time <laughs> training and I loved swimming. It was my first love. Do you still swim? I do, actually, yeah. I do find swimmers are interesting. We're 50-50. I find you either never swim again or you swim for the rest of your life, and I'm definitely will swim forever. Sorry, I know I'm going off track here, but I need to know. Like, if you're still swimming, is that like once a week, twice a week? At the moment, no times a week because small children. Because you're tired? (laughs) Yeah, because I'm tired. (laughs) Wake up. She's tired, guys. She's an Olympic medalist and she's tired, okay? I thought I was tired when I was an Olympian and now I really know. Taking it to a whole new level. (laughs) Exactly. I would swim maybe once or twice a week and go two to three K. Just a casual, just a casual two to three K. 
long story short, I obviously loved swimming. Yes. I did it a lot. I trained a lot. But what I found then when I was a young athlete coming through and what I'm finding now is that a lot of kids are pushed into sports they don't necessarily like Mm. or pushed harder than they would like to be. Mm. Tegan, what do you feel like your sideline persona is? I feel like I'm yet to get there. So my kids are five and the twins are six. And this year is probably the first year that we've really committed to, you know, a Saturday soccer. Mm. And I must admit, because it's not competitive, it's still the skills. And then halfway through, they play their own team. So we're not at the point where we're, you know, playing different suburbs and doing round robins against other, you know, areas or teams or whatever. So there's a lot of just encouragement involved at this point. But I would be so interested to see when it does get to a competitive stage because even when we started this, like I never thought I'd love being a soccer mum, but I love it. I've got my little fold-out chairs that I take every weekend. (laughs) And the twins are in a different team to Banjo at the same time. So I sit smack bang in the middle. It's like I'm playing tennis, watching all the kids on different fields. My husband and I have very different approaches to watching sports. So when they first started, like my kids had never even watched a game of soccer and he's like, oh, look, they're hopeless. They're not coming back next week. You know, like they had no idea what they're doing. I'm like, mate, they're learning what soccer is. They don't even know. They've never even watched it. They don't even know what the point of the game is. Like Banjo, I'm pretty sure, kicked the other team's goals for the first half (laughs) of the year. But now they're getting so good, the more they're starting to understand it. Like it's not necessarily that their skills are getting so good, but they're starting to understand it more. And I think the most valuable part of it is playing with a team and learning to be on a team. Mm. But I can understand that that would all change once it does become competitive because I think a lot of the parents that are there at the moment are just happy that their kids are giving it a go and participating and learning new skills. But have you seen the other side of the spectrum with yeah. that? What is to come? What have I got to prepare myself for? You've got rose-coloured glasses on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I would hope that most parents are just so happy for their kids to be learning new skills, to learn teamwork, to learn to overcome something that they've found difficult, you know, whether they might yeah. hurt themselves but, you know, they can keep playing, all those things. I think that's what sport is. Like sport is such an incredible teacher in so many different ways. What I'm finding, and it's so interesting because it does, it starts so incredibly young. So my daughter is eight. She's playing netball. I don't love netball. Netball is foreign to me. I played it for (laughs) one year in primary school. Wait, does that mean I'm better at a sport than Libby Trickett? Because (laughs) I played netball for nine years. Look, the only thing I have left to show for that is my shit knees. But let me tell you, (laughs) I think I need to have a game a netball game versus Libby Trigger. Look, still, baby, you'd still win, let me tell you. Uh, I was just going to say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I will beat you. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference. I don't know what I'm doing and you will beat me. I 100% concur with that. So my daughter is eight and she's been in netball for two years now. And the first year was kind of like you were talking about, learning skills, not proper games. It's all yep. a little bit modified. Fluffy, yep. And now that she's eight, This year, you can already see parents on the sideline starting to make comments to other 
parents starting to make comments to the refs, starting to make comments to other kids on other teams wow. about their performance and whether they're doing something right or wrong and, you know, not always in very nice terms. Yeah. And you know what? I want to call myself on this because because I am extraordinarily competitive and I feel like I can do everything <laughs> really well. You tell me that now after I try and offer a netball tournament with you. Notice how I called right back into my turtle shell after I realised <laughs> what I did. I'm like, actually, no, the yes. Olympian will win. This. Yeah, look, I'm intense and I'm very aware of that. It's something I've worked on a lot post-swimming <laughs> because there's not a lot of things that you can channel that competitiveness into <laughs> after sport. And it can be really detrimental to your mental health. I will make the best lunchbox meal ever. I mean, we've spoken about it. I want to be world record level (laughs) drop off. (laughs) (laughs) I will pick my kids up from school so elitely. You won't even see me. I'm going to be so fast. (laughs) Exactly. I have been at a point with my daughter's netball where I'm like, puppy, move to the side get into space, find the ball. You know, I've been saying things from the sideline. You're allowed to do that as a parent, right? Isn't that just like part of parenting sport, just giving your little two cents worth? It's a slippery slope. Oh, okay. One of the main reasons kids are dropping out of sport is because of parents' behaviour on the sidelines. So, And do you think you're so aware of it because you come from a young athlete? And now you are a mother. Like you have the two comparison. You've been on the receiving end, not saying that that's what your parents were like, but you know how much it can affect your sporting experience. 100%. And now you've got kids and you're like, you guys are doing it wrong. You're going to screw this up. We want our kids to be active. We want our kids to get involved in sport and you're stuffing it. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, I remember distinctly this one particular parent of a girl I used to swim with whose mum was just an absolute nutcase when it came to cheering for her. And like to the point that it was absolutely embarrassing. And I can't even imagine being this poor girl and Mm. having that behaviour by your parent. You know, I'm starting to see it already in kids in eight years old I understand that it's not necessarily coming from a bad place, like you wanting to support your kid. Maybe you think being hard on them is the way that they're going to achieve their elite level goals. But the reality is, is that if your kid is going to be great at sport, they're going to be great at sport. That is going to come from within them. It is Mm. an intrinsic motivation that comes from within them. You need to be able to facilitate as best as you can as a parent exposure to as many sports as possible. They do not need to concentrate on one sport at the age of eight years old or nine years old or 10 years old. Allow them to play, allow them to see the joy in sport, allow them to see the beauty in teamwork and what that can mean for their mental health, their social connection, their physical health. Like let's keep kids in sport as long as we possibly can and stop your shitty behaviour on the sidelines because that is impacting our kids and their future. Yes, preach it, girl. You're so right because I actually, while you were having that preach, I'm going, oh, I've done that, I've done that, oops, I've done that. I'll be like, you're playing this, I've paid the fees or like you've already done soccer, you're not going to start a different one, but you're right. It's like this is when they're meant to be putting their feelers out there, trying all the different ones. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to make them want to stick around and stick with it and learn more and try harder, you know, like that's up to them. It's not up to us. 
hundred percent. And the thing that I tell everybody, and I think is so important for all parents to learn, ask your child if they enjoy you cheering for them. Cause some kids don't even like just positive cheering. That can be quite intimidating yeah. for some kids. So ask them if they like that. Ask them what sort of encouragement they would like for one. And two, at the end of the game, all you have to say is, I loved watching you play. That's it. Oh, I just got goosebumps. That's so good. If anyone knows, it's you, Libby Trickett. That is some great advice right there. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. A lot of content these days will have a trigger warning to prepare people for stories or comments that could be distressing or upsetting. But for me, I have mum triggers, the things that are casually said that kickstart aggression or a shame spiral. So we received an email from one listener. She's expecting her third baby and will have three under three. She's very excited but also very aware how busy life will be when baby comes. But what she wants to know is how to deal with the judgment of others as she's getting comments like, oh, you'll be busy. Oh, my God. I got that so much. Oh, do you need a TV? Oh, my God. I used to get that one. And strangers ask her, was it an accident, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. If you're a long-term listener of TGM, you will have heard me talk about this in the past because... Some of the comments I used to receive, obviously having three in one year, was pretty wild. But mostly I think what used to blow my mind was the fact that it was coming from strangers. Oh, it's so weird. It's so weird. Like, you know, people would ask me about how did I breastfeed the twins? I'm like, did we say I'm breastfeeding? I don't know. Like, that's weird. (laughs) Would you like me to show you? Like in the middle of Westfield? I don't know. Would you like to see my nipples? Once you've received them for a while, like especially when I was pregnant with Banjo and then when I had Banjo, so I'd have three little babies, like it was honestly like you're a spectacle or a circus. Mm. And even still to this day, like I'll still get, are they triplets? Which is fine. That's just a question. But there were certain little questions that would just like grind my gears. And especially I think when you're hearing the same similar questions repeated over and over, like this listener, It just makes you crazy. Libby, I'm sure with four under eight, you've got Mm. some triggers. You've got some commentary (laughs) triggers in you. I have some major triggers. Yes, we are a walking circus, obviously, with four kids. So we definitely have had the, oh, you'll be busy. Or was it an accident? Did you plan that one? Yeah. Okay, then that's getting (laughs) inappropriate. I know people would say to me, like, were you having, because obviously we conceived Banjo when the twins were three and a half months. And people would be like, so were you having sex? three and a half months after having twins. I'm like, well, what was your name again? Oh, Steve. (laughs) Nice to meet you, mate. That's lovely. I think the biggest trigger for me is asking, especially when they're little, is is she a good baby? Is is he a good baby? (laughs) Because 
in my mind. Oh, it's such a trigger. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, yeah, no, he's a robber. Like <laughs> he is thieving and stealing things. Yeah. Oh, it's always, he's a sleep it's robber. Always, always, he is a sleep yes. robber because we know yes. you're tired, Libby. That's <laughs> <laughs> tired. Wake up. But this is the thing. The is he or she a good baby? It's always related to sleep. That is always connected to yeah. sleep for me. Like, is he a good baby? Always is code for, you know, are you getting sleep? Yeah. <laughs> Did you raise an asshole? Are you raising an <laughs> asshole? Like, I'm not going to call my kid a jerk. Asshole? Yeah, my three month old, he's a real jerk. Yeah, he's a real tosser. <laughs> I hate him, but, you know, yeah. this is what we get. Oh, I got stuck with him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that is he or she a good baby is my biggest mm. trigger. I mean, the other trigger that I have is people posting about their like six week old going, oh, guess who just slept through the night? And you're just like, nah, yeah, victories. Great. Yeah. I'm so happy for, for you, you that you have a unicorn baby yes. and they're sleeping and that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I get real twitchy around the unicorn babies. Does that mean that I'm not doing the right thing or does that mean that my baby's shit? Yes. Like it's like I get what you're saying and I'm happy for you, but what does that make me and my situation? Yes. Yeah. 100% that is exactly that's the shame spiral I go down yes I would be so interested to know what the weird triggers are like I know when I walked in with the twins into the baby store like right when they were just first born and for me like the twins were IVF so I tried a long time to conceive finally on my own I think it was the first trip I did out solo with my brand new little babies and the staff member at the baby store was like oh what'd you do that for or something and I was like I ended up writing a letter (laughs) to the baby store like look who even knows what this lady meant but uh, she picked the wrong person that day didn't she because I was like in full postpartum hormonal and I'm like how dare she she didn't know what I went through to get through I'm like I'd been shitting myself all day making this solo effort to get out of the house you know you just gotta be careful what you're gonna say because you don't know what each person's trigger is right like you know my trigger originally was like oh when are you and Jason gonna have kids and like no one knew that we were struggling with fertility Mm. so the trigger evolve over time (laughs) and who knows what that can be for anyone it's like when we were talking about the lady the other week who wouldn't get fed at the hospital like for me obviously her trigger was that she had a rough trot the breastfeeding yeah yes and I think anyone can have all sorts of triggers so I'd love to hear what wild triggers other mums have out there You made your mom crazy. I love all my children equally. I wish I liked anything as much as my kids like bubbles. That's sad. Recommendations. It's that time of the episode. What is your recommendation? Okay, so this is a bit of a random one, but I've been thinking a lot about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, please do share. (laughs) So I have been thinking a lot about encouraging my kids to do something that I'm not good at and so I've put them in. What aren't you good at? Like that alone I would love to know. (laughs) Music. Oh, okay. Instruments, singing, those sorts of things. Okay. Give us a tune. Go. (laughs) I love singing. I love dancing but I'm not good at them. Anyway, (laughs) our big girls have been doing piano. Yes. Oh, cute. And it's been so good 
to see them learn something that Luke and I don't know. And so they're yep. kind of getting to teach us while they're learning. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you find that they want to learn even more so that they can teach you? Exactly. And you spoke about the Kids Christmas concert. concert. Yeah. Oh, yes. And so we had our piano recital and particularly my middle girl. I mean, she's not particularly great at piano. You know, who's to say where it goes from here? But it's like we visually saw her unlock a new level in her brain of confidence and joy of being able to get on stage and play her little old MacDonald had a farm in front of like 50 people. And she just absolutely like she levitated off the stage because she was just so excited. And I just think there's so much power in teaching or allowing kids as best as we can to learn things that we don't know about and to like learn yes. together in that process. So it's a random recommendation, but. That's great, but I think it's good. It's like anything, I suppose. Like we're so used to what we know and what we're good at. So we naturally like feed our kids down that Correct. path, but it's like, you know what? Let's branch out. It's like a lesson learnt for us as well. 100%. Well, mine's not as wise as that. That's very wise. Mine is, we're mid-December. Like, oh God, sorry, everyone. It's just so wild (laughs) that we are here in the year. Our kids are at a really great age now where we can get involved with community events. When I say get involved, I mean just go to them. Yeah, (laughs) attend. We're not actually performing. I'm not setting up my jam store, but, you know, I will attend. But there's so many great things on in the area, like the local Christmas carols, and the kids love stuff like that. And I think so many communities and councils or whatever and put on these little events, and maybe I'm just all inspired after going to the twins Christmas concert and I'm like this is so fun my husband's probably going to kill me because I'm like we're going to the community fair Christmas carols and we have another event (laughs) yeah there's so many wonderful community events on this time of year and I think it's so great for the kids to go and it's just such a cheerful time of year with the singing I don't know do I live in the movie home alone maybe I do (laughs) possibly but it's a vibe (laughs) call me Macaulay Colgum I am there I'm here for it I love Christmas it's my favorite time of year so yeah check on your local council or the local schools and go to the little events it's something for mums to do too you know take the kids get out of the house get out in the beautiful air If nothing else, it is an activity during the school holidays. (laughs) That's right. And most of them are free. So you know what? Make the most of them. That's it. You're stuck with them for the next month if they're at school and on school holidays. So I think that's a brilliant, brilliant recommendation. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to This Glorious Mess. Make sure you get in touch with us at tgm at mamamia.com.au. Join our parenting group, Mamma Mia family. We would love it if you left us a rating or a review if you love the show. This episode was produced by Grace Rouvray with audio production by Scott Stronach. Bye. Bye.